Welcome into the DNVR Draft Podcast, presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm, and Andre Simone is your co-host sitting next to me. That's right. Yeah, that is. Uh, you might have noticed, hopefully you noticed, that there wasn't a draft pod last week oh. because you guys are so into the draft pod that you, it was like killing you. Yep. But uh, we are now DNVR and not BSN Denver, and that meant that there was a lot of stuff to get done last week, and we just didn't have time to record one. It also means that we have a lot of stuff to talk about today, and so we should probably just dig into it. Probably, yeah. Probably. Um, Want to start with week three of college football? Jump back a little bit. Oh, boy. Such a long, long time ago. How such different life ago. was. We were just BSN and keeping secrets uh, about our new hires. and uh, We had Buffs football to watch. It wasn't a bye mm-hmm. week. It feels like so long since I've... I mean, it has been a while. It's been like two weeks since I've seen the Buffs play. Right. Which is weird. It's been forever. After that, like, start where you're playing, like, CSU week one, and then Nebraska week two, and then Air Force, and then Arizona State. Like, that's a bunch of big games just back to back to back, and it was it was wild. The roller coaster ride of emotions we've gone through since yeah. then. And yeah. And then it just kind of stopped. Yeah. How's life treating you with that? Uh, I've had free time, which oh has been weird. How dare you? Yeah, I know. I don't really I, like. It's this weird thing where at this point, like, free time gives me guilt. Like when I'm just like, oh wow, there is not much I need to get done today. Like write something, record a podcast. It's like there's got to be more. There's I've felt be. like that for years, and now I've gotten past that point. Really. Where, uh, where it's kind of like, boy, I wish you guys would leave me alone for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was no, actually I just changing a poopy diaper. Could you please <laughs> not blow up my phone? Yeah. And then like days like today where it's like, write one story, come in here, record the draft podcast. Seems like a pretty easy day for weekday. And then you remember I'm in Boulder from 930 tomorrow morning until eight at night. Yeah. And then that kind of makes up for it. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a good one. We did not get into football, though, like I said we were going to. That's right. Enough about us. First storyline from week three. Bradley, Anae. Do, do we know Anae and I? I? I specifically was watching this game just so I could hear how to say his name right so that we could say it on the draft pod correctly right after. And oh, then we oh. didn't record a draft pod, so I lost it. What Bra- a true we're professional going Anae. you are. I know. Bradley, Anae barely wins the matchup against Austin Jackson. Who we've tackle. hyped up, the we, left tackle, oh yeah. USC. Oh yeah, we have. we kind of led the train on that. I'm so proud of us. Pr- I mean, I will give you 80 to 90 to all of the credit. Yeah, I mean, probably like yeah. 98%. Probably 98%. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, g- I helped you with the platform. That's right. I, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I asked you the question. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bradley and I, kind of disappointing so far oh. this season. I mean, I thought he held his own in that Utah game. It's just he, you know, he allowed a little pressure here and there. And Ane, uh, oh, you said Ane disappointing. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. This season he's been disappointing. I mean, I thought in that general. he You're right. had a chance to jump in the top 10, top 5, be one of those game-changing ed- edge rushers. Yeah, just but doesn't quite have it. No, doesn't, doesn't seem like it, it at least. I mean, again, solid. Early He'll in the season, solid. good football player, yeah. good body. Weird to say out loud. I hate hearing myself say that. I know that that's like a standard that's scout That's the thing. draft pod, yeah. I know. No, like you're all about talking, talking bodies about guys' all day, bodies baby. Yeah. complimenting them. That's still new to me. We're that's working right. on it. Talking about people who are light in the pants or uh, mm, muscular, the pants. muscular uh, backsides. You know who's really light in the pants? Lay it on me. I know that this is a guy that we kind of rag on uh, constantly, but Garrett Bowles. My goodness. Oh, he's lighter in the pants. Like, why even wear pants? There's nothing down there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know if there's pants that they make. Like, he just needs a different cut of pants because the ones that are long enough for him just are baggy. It looks terrible. It looks, and it's so noticeable every time he plays. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta get rid of these. I've been talking about Garrett Bowles being light in the pants for years now, my man. I so. believe it. I, this is my first time, but I've been thinking it for a while. Would you take left tackle USC left tackle Austin Jackson over Garrett Bowles right now? Like just to start on Sunday? That's right, Sunday. If you had to pick a starter between him and Garrett Bowles, if you said that. Uh, if you said that Austin Jackson is getting the playbook Sunday morning and starting the game Sunday afternoon, I would still take him over Garrett Bowles. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 
I can't really disagree. With I you. know, like yeah. Austin that, Jackson's kind of my dude, <sighs> but that's troublesome for Garrett Bowles. It is. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's so frustrating, and we do this to him a lot, but it's because it's just kind of always the storyline. Like, oh, this offensive line is good, except for Garrett Bowles. Like, <laughs> yeah, can you I mean, imagine? That how is how the theme of our podcast: is rebuilding the Broncos, yeah. and that left tackle spot is kind of one of the main focuses of rebuilding the Broncos. I, I think it has to be like the focus at this point, right? Like inside linebacker. <sighs> it is for most. Get another receiver in the draft because Emmanuel Sanders is probably gone. Mm-hmm. Now we talked about this on the last pod, right? What's their biggest need? Has it changed? And it's I said it was weeks. the interior D line and then Leonard Fournette ran wild on them. Yeah. So I feel like I'm, Maybe a little more justified in what I said no, on the last pod yeah. two weeks Could ago. Could say linebacker too. Linebackers way about, up there. Okay, this is our only chance to talk Broncos. Yeah, which is kind of great. But how about Todd Davis giving the fu to Mike Kliss when Kliss says, "Well, I mean, you kind of saw this one coming with Fournette. You know, Josie Jewel, right, their, Josie their linebacker, whatever stud linebacker was out. And Todd Davis, the other inside linebacker, just says, "Fu." Yeah, which, <laughs> I mean, you know, for starters, let's whiff on fewer tackles and be on, on Twitter a little less. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And also, if Josie Jewell is making or breaking your defense, you've got oh boy mega problems. So true. Massive troubles. Yeah, I mean, inside linebacker, left tackle, cornerback, interior defensive line, wide receiver, even a quarterback. Any of those, <laughs> any of those positions, if they yep. take one in, in the first round, I'd be like, yeah, I see it. I understand the thought process there, which is crazy because it should be. I mean, if you if you look at the Chiefs, what are they saying? They're saying like, oh yeah, we could add another weapon at receiver. We could. I'm sure there's somewhere on the offensive line they could patch it. But like, basically, there's going to be one position on that team that if they don't draft that in the first round, fans are going to be like, oh, why didn't you do that? Whereas the Broncos, it's just an open book. You can justify so many needs or even like just shred John Elway for whatever he chooses because pretty much that's kind of where public opinion is at. Those are slim pickings these days. What did you think of the then Utah loss to USC? We started with that matchup. Boy, the Pac-12 just. There went the playoff chances. Cannibalizing itself every week. Yeah. But see, like the thing is, you know, we talk about how that happens when you play each other nine times. They've they've all played like two games and they've already done it. Right, like it's because so, there aren't good teams. Like that's so, the problem. Right, Larry <laughs> Scott, we can we can smell what you're selling from yeah. from out here. Ugh. Um, yeah, no, it's bad. I mean, does anybody have a shot? Maybe like Oregon, Oregon wins out, but no. Yeah. Realistically, no, probably not. No, they're out of the college football playoff. I mean, how could you not? I mean, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. How is Wisconsin way down there? Oh, like, I know. Like, Wisconsin isn't even in, like, that picture at the moment. Where are they, eighth? Well, and I mean... Right around there? Georgia and LSU, Georgia, Auburn. LSU. You know, like, Auburn's beat Oregon. Yeah. They're, what, the fifth best team in the SEC right now? Yeah. Like, even if something weird happens and all those teams somehow, like, get a loss, some of them get two losses, they're still much better than anything the Pac-12 can offer. Yeah, right now. They right really now. are. Till Mel Tucker builds up see you again exactly i'll just well, throw that out there maybe the honestly buffs, it's got to be us maybe the buffs uh, have a chance huh i mean the, the pac-12 south is wide open they they beat arizona on saturday they're in the driver's seat of the pac-12 south like what a great time to be alive. what what's that phrase uh they they control their own destiny yeah they'd be the only undefeated team but i mean they still play obviously usc and utah and that's just from the south then there's like oregon washington washington state yeah, it's not going to be easy. That's and a the lot Pac-12 of championship. Yeah. And, and, and then the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. yeah. And then so. you just convince the committee that Air Force is actually a really good team. Which I think they are. Like, Boise might be amazing, and that's their yeah. one loss. So yeah. We'll see. Um, Henry Ruggs was a stud. Henry Ruggs keeps rising up boards. He would look amazing in Broncos Orange. Oh, uh, he, he would. He totally would. It's like him and Cortland Sutton would be the perfect duo. Perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the the one thing is there's just no adversity for that football team. They are so good at every position. Oh, I know. They're like, if one guy on this offense is a weak link, you would never know it. They would no. still look incredible. 
Like, if you are fast, right. you will be open because of the way it works. Oh, it's crazy. And that part of anybody from Alabama still scares me. But, yeah. They're, I mean, the only knock is your team is so good. And you're contributing to that as well, you know? Right. Like, I, right. I don't... Like, how much are you just the product of this amazing system? But the production? Totally. Incredible. Oh, like, everything. The, the like, speed, just the tools are, the, like, out uh, of this world. Could you... I mean, if the Broncos are really trying to replace Emmanuel Sanders next year... Ruggs is perfect. Ruggs is perfect. He's bigger, he's faster. And, and I mean, it's easy to say, well, like, yeah, the offense isn't working. You should probably try to change it. At the same time, though, the way that... Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders have kind of counteracted mm-hmm. each other. Looks incredible. Oh, I mean, what they're, they're both Emmanuel Sanders is up close to 300 receiving yards. Cortland Sutton has his 300 receiving yards. Like they're that thunder and lightning at yeah. receiver that you want. You want your big threat. You want your speed right. guy. You want your slot guy, Deshaun Hamilton. Eh. But yeah, uh, but you could sell uh, once you have a guy like Ruggs who's like sp- spreading defenses vertically. True. You've and got Sutton, your big who should be doing body the same thing. right yep. over the middle and. Then you know that crafty slot in Hamilton. I'm okay with. It'll they'll open it up more for him. right. And then you still have Fant. You try to get him the ball more as a yak weapon. And he's looked good. I've been impressed. He's looked I mean, better. The the blocking. They're is, using him the right way finally. And I I remember every time I watch him block, I think back to when RK was saying on the podcast like, ah, oh, you don't even need Fant to block. Like, don't even ask him to block. Just have him be a receiver. And then I saw that actually kind of play out. I was like, eh, it'd be nice if he could block a little. Like, oh, it'd be tremendous. If, if it'd he be tremendous. Would not complain. But, but was, that's coming. That's coming. He has an off-season. That's more right. of an off-season project than an yeah, in-season He was project. raw, exactly. We knew yeah. that. I mean, the bigger concern was, ah, oh, they're trying to use him like he's Rob Gronkowski when he needs to be used like he's... George Kittle. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote a whole film room about that. Go check it out. It's a good one. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you helped me edit that one, right? What? You helped me edit the yeah. Joe. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was a, a joy. Um Rugs, Jordan Taylor keeps on being amazing. Yep. Like he devoured. And again, shit. I think of Sunshine. Oh. Good old Sunshine. <laughs> but, but then but then yes, Jordan Taylor. Yep. Good old Sunshine. But he devoured Michigan. I uh, I vow to Jonathan vow Taylor. this to our, our listeners. Andrew Mason, amazing reporter. We're so lucky to have mm-hmm. him on DNVR. He's mentioned a couple of times he wants to be on the draft pod. We want him. Oh, yes, we, we do. We just need to organize that ahead we of do. time. We do. He's a Wisconsin fan, though. Oh, really? My roommate right. is. So we will double down on all of the Wisconsin takes. Right. And we that's one of our debates this year has been you're like, well, Jordan Taylor's the best back in the country. And I'm like, ah, not so fast, my friend. DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, even J.K. Dobbins. I'd love Mesa's opinion on that. Love it. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Not Jordan Taylor, by the way. Jordan Taylor is the receiver. Oh, but God. Jonathan oh. Taylor. Yeah, I got that halfway through. I was like, yeah, we always do this. And then it's always this. It's always it's always exactly How this. How do I do this? I know. But Jonathan Taylor. Never get old, friends. The Never. thing about him is now he's catching the football, too. Like, it, he isn't. That's huge for a stop. Yeah, because before he was one-dimensional. And, and mm-hmm. now, like, his one knock is no longer a knock. Now his knock is, well, honestly, it's the Monte Ball knock. Especially coming out of Wisconsin, like sure. you are super productive, sure. but it's because you have so many carries and you're going to be worn down. And who knows if you tread on the, the tires is a concern. Yeah. But he's a stud. He's also really good at football, which I think should outweigh. Huh? Maybe he will retire sooner. Right. And we talked him up to start the season, but he was kind of beating up on cupcakes. What he did in that week three matchup against Michigan. And then even, like, doesn't play the whole game because he's sidelined for a little mm-hmm. with cramps and then comes back and still devours them. Like, yeah, dude's a stud. And the stuff he does, like, it's it's elite NFL back stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not like he is that one, like, on the ground. Like, you see him hurdle guys. You see him do all this crazy. Like, Saquon Barkley, maybe not that, but, but right. in that same vein. Yes. Like, he isn't yes. a top five yes, pick, but he's probably... Top fifteen? I I would I would throw him up there. I would like to have him. The scary part, you know, is is other can he translate the new receiving skills to the NFL? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But you're right. He's put his name in the first round conversation. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, huge. Um, yeah, loved him. Joe Burrow keeps amazing me. Yeah, turns out he's just a guy now. That's he's somebody we need to keep an eye on. Well, he's going to be a, like a draft pick. It downfield. Like his downfield accuracy is sweet to watch. I, He's just so decisive. He's just a cold blooded killer. 
it's it is so much fun to watch. Like he is, like they're they're college quarterback types. You know, like there's there's the speed guy. It's like, oh, is Kyler Murray actually going to be good? Is Lamar Jackson actually going to be good? But then guys like him who are just like, I even know, like almost Baker Mayfield in some ways. Just, there's some Baker to him. Just, just like throw the ball. Like be or that like guy. Or like a rich man's Mason Rudolph who's turned uh, yeah, out pretty well yeah. for the Steelers. You know, it's early, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know having a blast watching him just because although he isn't like that traditional fun college quarterback who's like Mm -hmm. speedy and all that kind of stuff he's the other type of fun where it's just like oh my goodness this guy's a cannon and they're going downfield yeah that new offense they've got at lsu has been so fun to watch yeah yes you know like they were so like old school it was so annoying and now it's like whoa like you take all that talent LSU has been getting for years and years, and you put it in an offense like that, it's like yikes. Yeah, it's now it's this is fun. It's this weird new trend where the SEC is no longer just doing SEC offense. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh no, we're actually college football teams. Right. Why are we boxing ourselves in like this? Like even even Alabama now. Oh yeah, like, Alabama's been doing that for a few years. And yeah, it's like and that's kind of what propelled them to this, mm-hmm. like not just national relevance where they were like competing to be in like. I guess that was before the college I mean, they were always dominant, dominant, but it's like instead of Greg McElroy and A.J. McCarron, now you've got guys like exactly. Tua and, and Jalen Hurts, and it's more exciting. Up. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's crazy because it, they're going to get all like the offensive athletes now too. Mm-hmm. Like they're just going to be – They always had the best O-line and best running backs yeah. already. And now and now Alabama has wh- whoever, Tua Tagovailoa, they have the receivers – uh, like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, like if you're if you're recruiting the best players at every position, and then using them, I, I mean it's just unstoppable. It's yeah. like this superpower that I I you can't, it's just totally different than anything you've seen in any sport, really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've. I'd be fun. kicking myself if we didn't mention Evan Weaver, who. Yep. In week three, had 22 tackles against Ole Miss. Yeah. And then at 15 against Arizona State, which uh, by my count is pretty amazing as well. He has 77 on the season. That's in five games, kids. It's incredible. Even your boy Dante would be impressed by that. He would. Um, would. So he's been outstanding for that. You should also bring that up. Last weekend. Lay it on me. My Montana Grizzlies go to California. To play UC Davis, the number four team in the country. Oh, no. The UC Davis, not the team that runs the triple option. No, I'm thinking that's of Cal, Cal Poly. Poly. Yep. yep, UC Davis. I listen when you talk. Dan Hawkins. Oh, He's no. Out there. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No, he actually, uh, my my least favorite coach I've ever covered. They were they were at Montana last year in Missoula, and he, he filled out his depth chart. And, you know, it's a two deep. They, they go every position. He threw an oar on every position. So it's oh. like at starting quarterback, this or this. Receiver, this or this. Doesn't matter if the guy has started every game that season. <sighs> throws the or on there. Never seen uh, – or none of the coaches I've covered have done I've heard of it. And so I asked him, like, did you really not know who was going to be starting in this game? And I can't remember what he said. All I remember is that he was really pissed. Ah, oh, did not like that guy. Um, Okay. But, yes, Grizzlies, <laughs> go play UC Davis, number four team in the FCS. Yeah. And at one point they were up, I want to say thirty-one to seven. <laughs> Smoked them, smoked them. Let's go, Grizz, jumping into the baby. top ten. Let's Looking go, good. Grizz. And now they're like rumors. The season ends uh, with the Cat Grizz game, Montana, Montana State, mm-hmm. and Bozeman. Yeah. There are no good FBS games. Uh, I think there might be one. Like Ohio State plays somebody half decent, but we oh. don't really know. Uh-huh. There's been a lot of talk of College Game Day going to Bozeman for that. Because oh. right now Montana State's number six, Montana's number eight. It's We're probably gonna s- not going to happen. Hasn't happened in a while. They've gone to an FCS game, but things are starting to line up pretty nicely. Should we start a GoFundMe now to get you out there? Uh, Buffs have a game here. Ah, I, I have a job now. I'll actually be out there the week before though to watch them play Weber State. Also a good team. Nice. But people don't care about that nearly as much as this stuff. So let's well, move, move back over. Any interesting prospects in that game? Just so we're on topic. Jake Meyer, quarterback. I'm not sure. For which team? Uh, UC Davis. Okay. So it was kind of the battle of the top two Big Sky quarterbacks at this point. Him and Dalton Sneed for the Grizzlies. Grizzlies have more of like a dual threat guy. 
but more of like a quasi dual threat, kind of in the way that Baker Mayfield was kind of a dual threat. Yeah. Um, a little undersized, throws a good ball. Maybe he gets a shot. I doubt it. Um, Jake Meyer is a little more pro style at UC Davis, and he could get a chance. I haven't really dug into seeing if there's any hype, but I could see it. I could see him being like a camp arm at the very least. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Big numbers. I like that a lot. Um, probably the biggest matchup of pro prospects was uh, George against Notre Dame. Yep. To finish off that week, DeAndre Swift looked amazing. Even though stats weren't incredible, he had the flashes of just insanity. And then Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, really interesting for the Broncos, top prospect at his position, top 10 kind of caliber guy, yep. looked really good against Notre Dame as well. So I've been playing around with the mock drafts, their websites that let you do like the full seven-round mock draft. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> oh, I bet. I, I was thinking about texting you, but I was like, uh, Andre doesn't need this text at 1 a.m. No, actually, and, uh, <laughs> that's exactly the kind of text I need. I'm offended now. So I did a couple where I actually did draft Thomas for the Broncos. Yeah. It's so much fun drafting for Miami. It's so much fun drafting oh, well, for Miami. They just yeah. have so many picks. Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. Um, while I pull this up, just because I do want yeah. to say how incredible it is, we should move on to week four. Yeah. Hurts, Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb keep rising up boards. They were outstanding. Uh, first Big 12 game for them of the season. Lit up the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They were just one nonstop highlight um, until the end. Hertz went off for 415 yards in the air, had seven incompletions, only four touchdowns total. So Only four. That's I a real letdown. Um, this incompletion to touchdown ratio is starting to fall apart, and um, that makes me sad. At one point in that game, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was six for eight. Mm-hmm. For 239 yards, yeah, with uh, at least a couple touchdowns. Yep, yeah, still He's pretty good. Amazing, still definitely pretty good. He's really been incredible. But if there was any chance um, anyone could outshine him, his wide receiver C.D. Lamb tried his best with seven grabs for 185 yards and, and three catch the ball and touchdowns, run and then just keep running and nobody, Whew. nobody ever stops them. It's incredible. Um, they also have this kid, Charleston Rambo, who's a sophomore, who was also outstanding. Um, talk about speed, since we're all about that. And yeah, Eno Benjamin outmuscled that Cal defense. Cal goes down. Uh, <laughs> Pac-12 just keeps doing it to themselves, but <sighs> nice to see Eno Benjamin do that. Love that the broadcast gave an Emmett Smith comp to him. Mm, Only, I didn't see that. You know, why? why not compare a college kid to arguably the greatest running back of all time. Personally, to. he's not to. even in my top five greatest running backs of all time, but that's just me. We Do you want to dig into that? Sure, let's do it. What's the list? Barry Sanders, uh, Jim Brown, right? Yep. I Walter like, Payton. Yep. Uh, to me, TD has to be in there. I'm partial. I'm a homer. Whatever. I don't care. Sure. Find me another greater stretch. Um, in four seasons by just about any player, let alone a running back, than what TD did. Ah, for that fifth spot, you know, uh, conventional wisdom would say OJ. But no, I'll <laughs> go <laughs> I'll go uh, Dickerson there. I'll okay. go Dickerson. Yeah. That's a good one. Pretty good. Yeah. Actually, sorry, Dickerson, I'm going LaDainian Tomlinson. And I'm Ooh, actually going like LT actually. above sweetness and TD. Really? Yeah. Huh. LT in my top three. I like it. I think I like it. Marshall Falk will also be in there. Sorry, TD, you got knocked out. So there you go. <laughs> but Emmett it. Smith. <laughs> I love this. Emmett Smith not even cracking my top six. So there you go. Emmett Smith. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, Emmett. Huh. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I I, all those guys all are kind of just super debatable. And running backs oh, are yeah. so different. Yeah. Like LaDainian Tomlinson comparing him to Jim Brown. Like, eh, I mean, not the same position, barely. Yeah. But, uh. I did just pull up my favorite mock draft I did with the Dolphins, and yeah, I just want to read these names. Uh, Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas. This is for the Broncos. No, this is oh, for this the is Dolphins. what you did for the Dolphins. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Judy, um, what, like second overall, first third. overall? Okay. Third. Quarterbacks went first. Uh, yeah, so Jerry Judy at three, mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas at four, mm-hmm. LaVisca Chenault at 25, <laughs> Travis Etienne at 36, Whew. T. Higgins at 55, Wow. Jalen Hurts at 68. 
And then I went defense from there on. But think of that offense. How much That's fun how would you that rebuild offense an offense? Be? Holy cow! Just all of a sudden, the Dolphins have. I mean, if they have a decent coach, at least a super exciting offense. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Lavisca Chenault, Travis Etienne, Jalen Hurts? Yeah, that's pretty insane. Yeah, and I mean, Andrew Thomas blocking for all those. Yeah, guys. yeah, and and that's on I the table for him. I don't mind that at all. That's on the table. Like that is just something that they could do in this draft if they decide to just be like, "Yep, we're just gonna fix this offense this year. We'll go defense next year." Or maybe they sign a couple di- guys yeah. on the defense in the off season. I do get a feeling you won't find Hurts that late. Yeah, I think he's I mean, moving still, up. I think he's moving up. It's interesting these machines have up. him already in the top 50, right? Yeah, I think I got 55. Yeah, because just and it, he a was month ago we would have said that's insane, right? Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's like the reality we live in right now. I know. I, it's so weird from just a couple years ago where you see him and you're like, yeah, he's a college football quarterback. And Tua Tagovailoa, the freshman, is going to come in for him, which is like crazy. But also, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it's wild. It, yeah. It is so wild. To be. Could you imagine if he had Mel Tucker to transfer? Defense. That's right. right. Yeah, to beat the Mel Tucker defense. Uh, yeah, but could you imagine if he hadn't been allowed to transfer? Oh, it would have been so sad. We would never have seen any of this. It would be like, could you imagine if Minshew was never allowed to transfer? Yeah. You know? Changes the Kyler Murray of was never history. allowed to transfer. Yeah. Baker Mayfield was all these Baker guys. Mayfield was forever Patrick Mahomes' backup at Texas Tech. Oh. Crazy, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. We live in a wild world. We do. Yeah, so before you start, you know, ragging on the transfer rules in the NCAA, uh, just yeah, think of just that list of we just rattled oh, off. Oh my goodness. And listening to these old white guys on TV. <laughs> oh, and they say, like, oh yeah. I mean, did you hear the story of whoever who was a backup for three and a half years and finally got his chance and got in and was incredible and got as a late round pick? I can't remember who it was. And I was like, yeah, wouldn't you have rather have seen him play more than that? Like, since when do we just want adversity for adversity's sake? You know, that's that's what they always say. Right. Like, yeah, we need we got toughen these kids up. Everybody has to deal with adversity. They should learn. And it's like, yeah, it'd be good if you learned. Probably be best if you could avoid it though. Other, right. Like it's not like you're just like taking your children and being like, "Hey, I'd love drop for off those, here, find your way home." Those commentators to record those sound bites while in an ice tub to see how fun adversity <laughs> is, you know, yeah, and how we yeah. really need that to uh, build us up. Uh, um, I don't know. That's it's still so. Yeah, we could go on, but I think that I think that wraps a bow in 27 minutes of the biggest risers and winners from those two weeks. We I think uh, it did of the college football season. I think it definitely did. Yeah. There'd be more we could talk about, but uh, maybe we won't the next I mean, second. there are 130 college football teams, so I bet there's always quite a bit more we and can we get And we even into. gave you some FCS talk, so yeah. we, we can expand right. that 130 quite yeah. a bit. So yeah. yeah, I got FCS. I got, like, the three teams in the big sky. You got the other 130 covered. There you go, we're in good baby. shape. <laughs> That's why we're a great pair. We are. Speaking of great pairs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm We're still bringing looking. you Breckenridge oh, Breweries. I remember. Yes, Breckenridge <laughs> Breweries is up next. Yeah, nice. so uh, we actually aren't drinking beers right now, which is weird because it's 4.30 on a Friday at the DNVR headquarters. Usually, yeah, we're kind of doing things wrong. I know, on a Friday, usually we're pretty deep. And maybe not deep that gives off a bad yeah, impression I mean, we're not but like on floats uh drinking <laughs> our troubles away but yeah we might have a brewski by this point yeah. of the day it's just what you do here because we're cool people i mean we i don't know if i want to be telling people they need to be drinking every afternoon oh. and let, i mean if it's breckenridge uh, beers you know i if think it's breckenridge beers i think if you throw in like just be responsible then doctors it's have proven they are more healthy for you i have heard that <laughs> we dress brendan vote up as a doctor, uh-huh. and I bet he has at some point said that exact phrase. There you go. Or Dr. Harrison. Or Dr. Harrison. We have I so many doctors on staff. the most convincing doctor in Denver media. He is so convincing. I have n- actually never seen him dressed up as a doctor. Oh, please watch the videos. His diagnosis is so, like, it's almost <sighs> like we get you're doing a shtick. Don't take this so seriously. I know. I mean, it's just amazing. picturing him in a doctor's that Because, like, uh, it seems like doctors typically are in, like, good shape like the exact shape that harrison is in just like the mm. way he is just like so cleanly put together oh like, he sure like, is you are 
a young doctor. He's got that doctor's jawline and everything. Ex- I think that's what it is. Yeah, yep. it's the jawline. Whatever, yep. whatever workouts doctors do, it just fixes up their jawline more than anything. <laughs> okay, but Breckenridge Brewery, super good stuff. They're having a hoot nanny tomorrow on Saturday. I uh, don't. That sounds like a hoop. Uh, a nanny. Um, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think tickets are a, a decent deal. It's like 35 bucks, 40 bucks, 45 bucks, somewhere around there. Get okay. you in, uh, get you a drink ticket. They have like a bunch of cool bands there. It's their yeah. 29th birthday. They do this every year. They posted a video on their website of last year's Hoot Nanny. Looked like a blast. Yep. I will be at the Buffs game, obviously, so I won't be there, but you guys should definitely be there. Yeah, totally. And if you choose not to go there, then uh, you should probably go to Infinity Park. Yes. Which this is actually Saturday and Sunday, so you could hit both. There you go. It's the International Women's Rugby Sevens that will be playing there. Teams from 12 different countries. Uh, there are a bunch of bands there. There's a bunch of food. There's a bunch of – it's like international food, international drinks because they're like a bunch of teams from around the world. Yeah. Um, they, I think I said a dozen countries. It's the only U.S. stop in the series before right. the 2020 Olympics. Yep. So it's it's actually like a super big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys should definitely get out there and check it out. Yeah, and a great event. And if so. you use the code BSN5, you can get uh, $5 off your tickets, which are only $20 for adults for the whole weekend. Um, there you go. Kids are cheaper. And if you don't do that either... Then you could also hit up the DNVR Blake Street Tavern tailgate before the Buffs game in Boulder tomorrow, Saturday. And oh, right. Yeah, yeah. every home game. That's right. Every <laughs> home game. Totally spaced. We're out there. They're out there. I'm working. I swing by. You swing by, though. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if things go well, then I stay longer. So could be around for a while if you guys there are There you fun. go. You guys want, <laughs> want to see more of Henry. Come come one, come all, bring your friends. Especially if LaVisca Chenault isn't ending up playing tomorrow mm-hmm. because I usually just try to get there early just to watch him warm up because it's so much fun to watch him because he's just like spinning around and catching balls with one hand because he's an incredible athlete. He's amazing. Um, but if he's not going to be out there doing that, then what am I really doing inside that stadium? Well, okay, that's underselling the rest of the team. But yeah, uh, like <laughs> want to talk some football again? Let's do it. Uh, Want to talk about some losers? Yeah. We yeah. have to. Uh, Who's your favorite loser? <sighs> well, I mean, you kind of mentioned the man. He's uh, he's injured again. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't think it's related. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's related to other injuries. Sure. I think that this is its own separate thing, which is good news. But um, on a man, the, the man can do everything, LaVisca Chanel. Just got to stay on the field. Just got to stay on the field. That's going to be his one knock. And the crazy thing is I was going through it today because I was going to try to prove a point, but it ended up being the other way. He's still averaging like seven touches a game this season. Even though he missed most of the Arizona State game, he's been out sporadically through all of them. Mm -hmm. He's still doing pretty pretty impressive stuff for a receiver, even through the injuries. It's just not the like – I mean, we were saying, what is his path to the Heisman this season before the year? Like I remember that pod. That isn't happening. Uh-huh. because of the injuries, but he is still putting up good receiving numbers. Now, if if CU, like we were saying earlier, could make a push for the playoffs, and he has, like, the last two months, he's averaging, like, 200 receiving yards per game. Yeah. Then, yeah. Maybe. You know, It'd be it's tough. already an uphill battle for receivers. It is. Though, it you is. Know? Who do you think's the favorite right now? I mean, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's got For be. sure. It's yeah. for sure Jalen Hurts. How about Trevor Lawrence? Uh, Taylor would be up there. Trevor Lawrence. No, but would I mean, like, is he, a, is he one of our losers? Like, just he's because the standards kinda, are so he's high, he's been a bit of a loser this first part of the season. I think he has. The flashes are still amazing. Oh yeah, of course. But yeah, he's uh. And the other thing is, you know, oh man, we haven't seen a quarterback like this since Andrew Luck, John Elway, blah blah blah. He now has competition in that 2021 draft draft class. Because Justin Fields of Ohio yep. State is a stud. Yep. And I'm proud to rag on Nebraska and how Fields just <laughs> lit them up. I'm wearing my crying Nebraska kid oh, shirt. Oh, yes, you are. 62-36. So I was very much looking forward to ragging on about Nebraska on this show. I actually dressed appropriately specifically for that. Um, so, yeah, he is a bit of a loser, though nothing to go too crazy about. Um, yeah. A big loser from last week to me is Jordan Love, the Utah State quarterback. 
there's some underground hype that he could be the second second quarterback taken in this draft class. Really? Arm talent's amazing. The one pod on our network I was able to make it on last week was uh, the BSN Rams pod. I did that live with Justin. We talked mm-hmm. about Jordan that Love. That was a good one. I watched. Yeah, thank you for the Threw love. Threw it on, on my that. Apple TV. Yeah, that, that was outstanding. Um, and, you know, uh, Justin, who's as locked in on the Mountain West as anyone you'll find. Yeah. Big Jordan Love... Uh, admirer let's mm-hmm. say uh the the arm talents there he had a couple deep balls where it was like whoa this guy huh. is a freaking stud and yet he had some really bad turnovers and you know it, what his problem is these outs to the sideline which are the most important throw in proving your arm strength yep. the weather wasn't good but you know we don't care we're evaluating you as an NFL talent what if the Bengals draft him and he's playing mm-hmm. in the AFC North and the weather's cruddy for the final three months of the season. Yeah. Arm strength's really important in that kind of a scenario. It is. So you need to push the ball. You're not going to have any excuses of, oh, that game against CSU, uh, the weather was bad. It's not like in the NFL, you know, he, he plays under sunny skies <laughs> all day. Yeah, I mean. Um, uh, that was troublesome. So he's still getting a lot of love. I've never quite bought it because he has those inconsistencies. And it's especially inconsistencies as far as arm strength, where it's like, uh, I know he's got a cannon because sometimes he shows flashes of just elite arm strength. Phenomenal athlete, can be fairly cerebral and accurate, and yet he also does these boneheaded things um, and just will fall short on certain things. And I also believe maybe he was able to repair his, uh, his touchdown-to-interception ratio after last week. But he's thrown too many picks this season. He has, in fact, on the year, six touchdowns, five interceptions. Not exactly what you're looking for in a top quarterback prospect playing against lower-level competition, right, compared to the Hurts, the Burrows, the Tagovailoas, Herberts, so on and so forth of the world that he's competing against for a high draft spot. So I thought Jordan Love was a huge loser, and, you know, depending on how Drew Locke looks, uh, us us in Broncos country will might be looking for a yeah. quarterback. So n- not good from Jordan Love. Not good at all. Yeah. And, and tying it back to Trevor Lawrence, it's that same thing. Like, he already has more interceptions this season than he did last year. And for him, obviously, the bar is a lot higher because of how well he played as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it kind of hurts him because, you know, if, if he's a guy who just comes in for one year and tears it up, then he just goes right on to the NFL. But once we see him play at that peak, every game he doesn't. It's just like counting against him. And right now we've seen everything he can do. It's just like finding more and more flaws for yep. a couple more years. That uh, microscope only intensifies. Yep. The further we go on down the road, sometimes you're better off being a Kyler Murray where it's just one year. Yep. And you lit First it up that pick. year. Right. We don't have to nitpick you too much. He doesn't have to come back and mm-hmm. prove it. Mm-hmm. So, there's a little quarterback talk. Another injury that killed me in the Pac-12, Zach Moss. I thought that was huge for the youths losing to USC. Agreed. Staying in the conference, Paulson Adebo. I've said nothing but glowing things about the physical corner for Stanford. Struggled in that game against UCF, where Stanford, frankly, got a little embarrassed. Yeah, and he, he was an All-American as a freshman. And it's that same thing that Trevor Lawrence has, where it's like, Wow, look at how good he is. Yeah. And now everybody's tuned in and every flaw is going to be amplified. And, you know, guys have bad seasons. Yeah. It's and scary, I mean, though. We will talk about that matchup until after draft day. Yeah. We will still, it'll be like, oh, Paulson Adibo, he does this, he does that, blah, 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 blah. And then we'll say, but eh, that UCF game kind of got, you know. Yep. Kind of got it handed to him, staying on the West Coast. Jalen Johnson, big corner from Utah. I'm a big fan. Tyler Vaughn's kind of took it to him from USC in that matchup as well. So I thought all those guys hurt themselves. Interesting that all the dudes I talked about uh, out in the West, out West. Yeah. 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 Not good. Um, But I wanted to introduce uh, we are what? A quarter of the college football, a quarter a in, 
a third. Oh, no. Don't say it ain't yeah. so. Say Four it weeks. So. Four of 12. Oh, uh, why did we have to move to DNVR uh-huh. while in the middle of college uh-huh. football season? Ah. So, anyways, I wanted to introduce a list of the biggest risers so far. Oh, I a like quarter it. In. And like some it. are names you're going to be familiar with, like Hertz and Burrow. Exactly. Those are Kinda the two goes that pop into my right? mind immediately. Yeah. Jordan Taylor. Jonathan I, Taylor? Thank you. Oh, my God. I mean, um, there's two similar of names. Please, like, like you were saying Jordan Taylor. Please for, find me when I say his name wrong from here ooh, on out. You like that? I, I will start finding you. Or give me a lashing. I don't know. Eh, we'll, well keep it appropriate. I like the find better than <laughs> lashing you, to be honest. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, wait, do I have the right name on, on our notes? It's Jonathan. It is. Okay, so I'm, you remember I'm hurting Sunshine. myself. You remember Sunshine. I guess. I barely do. How? He was around for forever. He was like that. He was a huge storyline. I Peyton know. Manning, that's how Peyton Manning rehabbed Andre. Don't you even remember? Yeah, they were like great. best friends. That's why he made the team, even though he wasn't very good. It's, I, uh, I remember guys I've done film rooms on. So, oh, like, I've done film rooms on two Broncos punters. Or guys who have... Like, undrafted free agents and stuff. Or yeah. actual contributors. Yeah. Sunshine, I, I, I forget from time to time. I wonder what um, he's up to. I feel like we've done this before. We have done this with... I have oh looked up gosh. where Jordan... or Yeah, where Jordan Taylor <laughs> is now. He's a free agent. Oh, boy. Uh, you may remember he signed with uh the vikings and got cut yep fun story <laughs> yep um, i bet i will tell you that story again so this that's right because we apparently cannot remember what we did five seconds ago nope let alone on the last pod um tristan werfs the offensive tackle for iowa he's been a big riser this season and with andrew thomas is in that competition he's mm-hmm. super young outstanding in pass protection, has all the tools to be a real stud. We'll be talking about him and going into the matchups. He's moved it up firmly into my top 10. So another big, big riser this season. Two guys I haven't given enough love to, but they've done their thing and they're outstanding and they've risen up. One is Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback for Ohio State, number one. Chase Young, they're... A phenomenal edge rusher is mm-hmm. number two. Mm-hmm. He's number one. So just watched one and two on the defense for the Buckeyes. That's all you got to do. Easy to remember, yeah. right? Um, Okuda, size, athleticism, ball skills was a question. Didn't have any interceptions until going into this season. Last two weeks, he's had three. He Ooh. had two against Nebraska. And what he does, he's so good in coverage on those crossing routes. Oh, really? Which is what the modern NFL is all about. Exactly. And when you're in man coverage, that's what the offense is going to do, right? They're going to throw crossers at you. They're going to run Robert Woods or Tyreek Hill across the middle. And then, hey, look, those are the two offenses. Yeah. Right. And he can lock that down. He's so good for a guy that big, and he's so athletic, and the ball skills are really starting to shine. He's having himself one heck of a season. So he's a big riser. He's just outside of my top 10. And then Marvin Wilson, phenomenal defensive tackle for Florida State. Who's not necessarily having the greatest season, but Marvin, um, he's putting up some numbers. Looks a little sloppy, like his jersey isn't even tucked in. Like just a big boy that that, doesn't look super put together. I mean, when your body looks sloppy and then on top of that, your jersey looks sloppy, it doesn't matter. But in general, it's kind of like, oh, that dude looks kind of sloppy. Huh. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. Six I, five definitely. three eleven though. Ooh. This dude's hands are Ooh. so violent. Huh. So violent. And then he has this quickness who, for a man that size, is just unreal. So he's he's going to give guys like Derek Brown a run for their money. And, you know, again, you know me, Mr. Uh, the Broncos need defensive line help more than anything. Yep. You could plug him in at nose. He would still stay on the field on third down and be really? a dynamic pass rusher who could really devour one-on-one matchups, which you're going to get with the Broncos you with you know, guys like Chubb and Vaughn. Um, so, yeah, really excited about him. Was barely even on my radar going in. 
now he's like firmly in my top 20 and I might be ranking him too low. Wow. How about that? That's a big riser. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And this defensive lineman class needed it because we had so many studs leave last year. That was kind of a weak group. It was like Derek Brown from Auburn, AJ Epinesa from Iowa, who's more of he's like a hybrid edge, like five technique and a three four. Raquan Davis at Alabama. We were kind of lacking a lot of guys. Marvin's really moved up and is slowly becoming one of my favorite dudes to watch every Saturday. I will definitely have to spend more time watching yeah, him. Check him out. Yeah. He better live up to the hype after all this. Hey, he had three sacks in a three and a half against Louisville week three. Jeez. Looked outstanding. I'm How could you not with three and a half sacks? Yeah, no doubt. Oh, three and a half tackles for a loss. Oh, yeah. okay. So also very good. He's not that great. He had two sacks <laughs> in that game, so that's fine. Huh. Um, yeah, so there you go. All right. We'll keep updating that. We though. will keep updating that. Um, I think before we move on, we mm. should talk about Total Beverage. Yes, please. I actually ran out of, well, I have some Natty Light, but that doesn't really count. Oh so I, I need to make a run. Oh, my. I guess Total, ba- Total Bev, save this man, please. I I I could I want, I bet they would deliver. I just realized I have never actually used that. I've just they talked sure about it. They sure would deliver. But yeah. the 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. I have a couple people coming over tonight. I was going to go to the store. I wasn't going to be able to make it up there. This Bro, is the perfect situation. Yeah, how impressed would those people be when it's like, "Oh, the delivery oh guys goodness. here." And you they're like, "Oh, but I thought we ate already." And you're like, "No, no. Our booze is being delivered." Yes. Yes. All right. I'm going to figure out how to do that because uh, I need to. I'm um, sure the promo code tells you how to. It does. Uh, 30% off. If you p- make a purchase of $25 or more, you can buy it through the app or online. Um, the code is DNVR2019. And they also now have CBD products, which is pretty exciting. So a lot of things to check out there. I will be checking them out. First time getting it delivered. I'm really excited. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes next week. Oh yeah. All right. Um, should probably finish this up by talking about the best games of this week, week five. So excited. We've kind of had some slightly underwhelming weeks until now. It's week. It's six. It is six. six. It's six. This I did write correctly in the notes, but no. But the weeks three and four were not. (laughs) Oh (laughs) jeez. All right. That's where my head's at. Week six. His kids. So anytime we've said week three, we meant week four. Anytime we've said week four, we meant week five. There we go. Oh, boy. So just think back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Week six, though. Yeah. Cal at Oregon. Dude, huge test for Justin Herbert. Yep. This Cal defense is for real. We talked about Evan Weaver. He might not even be the best prospect, pro prospect on that defense. Their safety Ashton Davis is an absolute stud. Great mix of physicality coming downhill and cover skills and instincts. So you got to love that. What Herbert and that Oregon offense can do against this, which might be the best defense they face outside of uh, Auburn all season, is going to be massive. This is truly like a make-or-break game for his draft stock, in my opinion. And if you aren't just a fan of the draft, it's also kind of a make-or-break game for Oregon. This is a very losable game for them, I think. Dare we say for the whole Pac-12? Yes. Yeah, for the whole Pac-12, really. At least for the North. Mm -hmm. I mean, because whoever comes out of the South is going to lose to Oregon or Washington in the Pac-12 title game. Or Cal if they pull off this game. Or Cal, that's right. Cal, if they win this, then they're right up in there at that conversation. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Definitely one to watch. Yep. Uh, Moving on to another interesting one for a loser. Uh, Utah State at LSU. Whoa, hold the phone. Oregon's an 18-point favorite in that game? They're better. This has to be a tight ball. I mean, who did Cal lose to? Cal has a pretty They lost to Arizona loss. State. We talked that about that with loss? Eno Benjamin. Yeah, That they, is the only loss. They beat it? Ole Miss the week prior. Yeah. 18 points? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Hammer home the Cal Bears, please. Yeah, I, please. I totally agree. I totally agree. Holy I mean, this hell. is a team that was... I can't remember what they were ranked, but they were they were like twentieth last week. And sure, they lost, but yeah, like again, no, they were un- they were the only like Pac-12 undefeated team, and they were def- firmly in the top twenty. 
I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So uh, I might have that surprises me. Yeah. Hammer home. Oh, my gosh. If you're getting those points, please, please, please hammer home the Cal Bears. They were ranked 15th a week ago. Wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Vegas, get it together, man. Yep. Uh, Utah State, LSU, though. Big game for Jordan Love, man. Uh, Big game for Jordan Love. He doesn't get many opportunities to play Mm -mm. good defenses. Mm -mm. And if you can take advantage of those, that's huge. He already kind of had a stinker against Wake Forest, the other Power 5 team. They out on the schedule. He's, But all that I've said about my skepticism, disappointment, blah, 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 he has a big game against LSU. He's going to give Tua a run for his money as far yeah. as top court. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's how quickly things can change in the draft. So wow. um, Jordan Love is going to a massive test for him. Massive, massive, massive. Yeah, and you know and how you much know. I love, like, quarterback matchups too. Like, that's kind of my thing. In the same game, what can you right. do ag- Great. against Joe Burrow? Exactly. It's not a game where you're flipping, you know, oh, okay, Jordan Love's done. It's Utah State's defense on the field. I'm flipping it to some other game. No, you yeah. want to see Burrow. Yeah. See you want to see back that offense. Yeah, for sure. Gunslingers. Mm-hmm. Yep. That'll uh, be fun. Uh, also, Iowa at Michigan. Yeah, well, whew, um, now we're never time for Michigan. Big test for Tristan Wirfs, though. Who you know, this isn't the same kind of talent that Michigan had a year ago on defense, but still, Wirfs puts in a big performance, that talented offensive tackle for Iowa. Uh, this will only help his stock more. We've already talked about him as one of the biggest risers in the first third of the season. Yeah, totally agree. I think that sums it up. Um, Ohio State at Texas Tech. Yeah, why did I put this game on there? I guess, I mean, Ohio State's <laughs> always fun to <laughs> yeah. watch. Oh, no, Oklahoma State. I did oh, this too. <laughs> oh my goodness, you've done this, this twice now. I did this to you last week, our last pod. I know, and I was thinking about it, I was like, wait, why are they playing Texas Tech right now? And then I was starting to question it, and then it didn't make sense, but I couldn't figure out, like, but then wh- what? what is TT then? Because, <sighs> like, it has to be. Didn't even think it'd be Oklahoma State. We're yeah, losing our minds. This is why we typically record this on a Thursday, because oh, oh we're not goodness. as, like, spent. Yeah, <laughs> I am so spent. But anyways, I've had lots of fun. Tillon Wallace, stud wide receiver for Oklahoma State, going against that Texas Tech. TJ Vasher is a stud for the Red Raiders, just a contested ball savant, so big and talented. So watch this. That's another matchup. It's a wide receiver matchup, right? It is. Depending on who's on yep. offense, you're watching those stud wide receivers. Broncos could use some help at wide receivers, so look out for those guys. Yep. Um, let's let's skip ahead to Michigan State at Ohio State because yeah. uh, we like talking about Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Wilkes. Yep. Obviously, Justin Fields. <sighs> Lots of talent on Ohio State, but how they perform against that Michigan State defense is kind of their first real test because, you know, Obviously, the Huskers were a joke. So, and they're on the field at the same time. And like we were talking about, you know, you don't have to, you don't watch the whole game. You get to switch back. Yep. That's what Mel Tucker was doing during his bye week on Saturday. He said like he has ADD. He's just like he he watches, and then he's like, I gotta go do something, and so he'll either like flip the channel, or go like pick something up. I don't know. Fun. Interesting. I have prospect. Interesting ADD. note about Mel Tucker. So we'll be doing. Actually, we won't Wait, be doing what he's just doing. my kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Ah, uh, the. Buff's Twitter account just posted a video that says, like, feel good. Rick George gets it. And I've watched it, but I can't hear the words because we're recording a podcast, but it popped up. And Rick George is wearing shorts in it, just like Mel Tucker did. Oh, And man. I am really excited to watch this. So I just want to throw that in there. I too. won't get into a tangent on, like, is wearing shorts now revolutionary, but. But the answer I, is yes. I guess, dude. <laughs> it does, definitely is. I guess, is. man. Um, Auburn at Florida is going to be fun for those offensive tackles we've talked about. Um, on one of those top offensive tackles is at Auburn. Actually, both their OTs are really good, but Prince Tega Wanagohu, I definitely mm. butchered that name, but their left tackle against that super talented uh, defensive line for Florida. There's prospects all over in this game, but that's the matchup that interests me the most in scouting for the Broncos. All right. Uh, Georgia at Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, Georgia talent, both sides of the field, especially on offense. Again, we're watching Andrew Thomas, their talented left tackle. But Trey Smith, a really talented guard for Tennessee, former top recruit. How he performs against Georgia will be very intriguing. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's another phone. And capping it off with the Pac-12, 
Washington at Stanford. Yep. Uh, Jacob Eason, kind of a dark horse quarterback in this class, slowly rising, though I think after week one, he hasn't necessarily blown me away. Totally agree. What can you do against Stanford, big boy? Let's get that that stock back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we want to run back through those and make picks? Sure. Why not? Do you I'm have game. lines pulled up? I do. Awesome. Uh, Cal at Oregon. Yeah, Cal. Definitely. I mean, with Definitely. the 18 points. 18 points. Give me that. All yeah, day. just for reference, Colorado, I think right now, is sitting like 17 and a half. Or maybe that's wrong. It doesn't matter. Wait. That, s- that was um, from a projection for against Oregon. Oh. I don't know. Let's okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next yeah. week because I'm definitely not confident in that number. Okay. Uh, Utah State at LSU. Yeah. I mean, we're taking LSU, but are we taking Utah State with the points at LSU, 27 point underdog? <sighs> I got yeah. burned last week with the Colorado State Utah State game. Oh, did you pick Utah State? Uh, I thought they were going to do it. Yeah. I thought they were going to do it. Yeah, um, and not I, even close, really. You know what? LSU is going to get it. They're just so talented everywhere. It doesn't matter how good. It doesn't matter how good Jordan Love is. Like, no, I'm kind of with you. Eh, though 27, boy. <sighs> but I'm not in the market to take away underdogs. Though I did take Cal, but no, I'll take <laughs> LSU. That's fine. I know. After how close they were with Colorado State, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. no, no, no. They Iowa, completely at Michigan. Agree. Iowa at Michigan, another underdog on the road, three and a half. I'm taking Iowa. I'm taking Iowa straight up to get the big win in the big house. I don't know. I feel like everybody's just so low on Harbaugh at Michigan right now. Yeah, can you blame us? No. No, I am too. But part of me thinks, like, you know, if they're all wrong, this would be a point where I could really be like, yeah, I told you guys, like, he isn't that bad. But I do think he might be that bad. Like with all that talent, mm. like I think things are just starting to spiral. Like, no nobody in the national media really seems to be on his side anymore. Oh no! Like things are turning. That influences the program. I, I like Iowa as well. To think like Harbaugh and Chip Kelly like five years ago were the shining <laughs> stars in the coaching world, and uh, they've both just fallen off a cliff. They have. Yeah, I'll, I'm doing the same thing. Iowa, straight up. Okay, sounds good. Next one. Next one, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Mm. And I have the line right here. Okie State, 10-point favorite. Now, there's a home dog, and I'm taking the home dog, Red Raiders. I mean, I could see it. Oh, I know you could see it. I do think that Oklahoma State wins the game. Yeah. Do I want to box myself in to that like ten point window right there though? Mm-hmm. And I think I do. Ooh. I think I'll take Oklahoma State straight up, Texas Tech with the mu- with the points. Okay. Uh, and I don't feel great about it. Uh, Auburn at Florida. Oh, we're still we're still getting the notes in on that last pick so that we don't forget again. That's exactly it's right. Terrible to listen to us not know. Yeah. What no we kidding. picked. Um, Auburn favored by two and a half. On the road in the swamp. Oof. That is a tough environment for their freshman quarterback to go into. It is. I'm taking the Gators. Home dogs. I'll take Auburn. Okay. I feel good about it, too. Okay. Uh, Georgia at Tennessee. Georgia at Tennessee. I don't know that we even need to pick this one. Uh, Georgia's 24.5-point favorite. Either half point. Damn you, Vegas. <laughs> but I'm still taking the dogs on the yep, road. Yep, me too. Yep, me too. Okay. For a second, I was like, oh, wait, he means dogs is in the underdog. No, no. Oh, right. No, 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 no. no that no, could no. be confusing. I'm glad he clarified <laughs> no, no, that. No, no, no. We're taking Georgia. Um, two left. Next up is Michigan State at Ohio State. Ohio State, 20 point favorite on the road. I think this will be closer than people think. I'll take Michigan with the points, but Ohio State does win. I'll take Ohio State straight up. Straight up. Yeah. Across the board. Okay. Yep. Everything. And then Washington, Stanford. Um Oh yeah, what are the points? I mean, oh, definitely 15 Washington. for the 15. Huskies. 15. I the road. I, I think I'd take Washington still. I think I'll take Stanford. Really? Okay, yeah. we have some Not straight up, but I'll take I'll take the points. Yeah, so we have some differences this week. It'll mm-hmm. be fun. 
And that'll be a good one. Any final notes? I don't think so. Go Broncos, go Buffs, go Rams. Yeah. Thank you all for Ooh, I'll listening. I'll plug my podcast with J.J. Tompkins and Taylor Korniak to people who haven't listened. So basically, J.J. Tompkins, one of the five best goalkeepers in the country for the Buffs. Taylor Korniak, uh, she, she she's going to be on the next World Cup team. She's incredible. She's like six foot one and more skilled than she is strong. It's two incredible people. Had them on my show on Wednesday. So if you want to jump back to that Buffs pod, check them out. It was a blast. Please do. Um, also, go find Taylor's amazing free kick goal from like two weeks ago. She just has a cannon. It's just every time she touches it, you're just like, oh, my goodness. How do you even do that? And I was telling Dre earlier, but early on, it was that first weekend, one of the first times I'd seen her play. She just like takes a shot from like five, ten yards outside the box, hits the crossbar, and just flies up in the air and just like stays and you can't see where the ball is. You have to, like, look up. And then, like, five seconds later, it lands out in the parking lot. And you're just like, oh, my goodness, what I see. But, yeah, Buff Soccer, incredible. They're ranked 17th in the country. They're, they they had a draw yesterday. They only have one loss. It was to the defending national champs. Great season for them. A couple of stars that are really carrying that team. So, check them out. Awesome. Okay. I think that's everything. Uh, we'll be back next week with another draft pod. Yeah. Look forward to it. Me too.